This episode of my podcast is sponsored by my Patreon page. Get access to unreleased bonus material, future episodes before the general public, and the chance to win the coveted swag bag with my favorite things at least once a year for just $2. Yes, just $2 a month. This podcast would not be possible without any support. So if you'd like to get access to the aforementioned for just $2 a month, join now at patreon.com forward slash when dev met dev. That's patreon.com forward slash when dev met dev. And now, on to the episode. Well, well, well. We are on episode number three. I really can't believe that we're on three episodes. I know it sounds like nothing to someone who's probably done a million episodes of thinking like, okay, so you've got a third episode of a podcast out and it's only your third part. I am, um, I'm glad I'm sticking to this. I'm glad I am continuing to share so much with you guys. You guys are amazing to all of you listeners. Um, and so I'm just grateful. I really am. I really am grateful. Um, on this episode, I get to talk about some menswear tips that I don't think everybody else talks about. So hopefully you enjoy that. Um, we also get to learn about why you should always do market research and, you know, some more stuff, some really, really good stuff. So I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, I'm going to try not to ramble any longer. Um, so please enjoy this episode. And um, with that, let's get started and get on with the uh, the uh, the third episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the third episode in my wonderful podcast, When Dev Met. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all feeling good, all doing good. I'm um, really, really happy, really, really happy to be here recording a third episode, and I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I try to pick weird and interesting topics each and every time that I do a podcast episode, so this one's going to be different to the other two. But hopefully you really do enjoy the episode. Um, I've I've been good. I've been good, honestly. Thank you so much for asking. I've just been keeping up with my skincare routine, as um, I hope you all are doing or are starting to discover. And um, go ahead and listen to last week's episode, which was all about skincare. We talked about, you know why it's good to make sure you have a good dermatologist and esthetician on your side and what sort of products I've been using and just most importantly why you cannot trust these you know one size fits all programs for you know skincare you've got to find what works for you so go and listen to that episode it's really really good I also talk about the Emmy nominations and how I did not care for them too too much but it's okay it's fine we're gonna move on we're gonna keep pushing and hope that you know, the bear gets nominated next year. That's the main thing. So if you haven't checked that show out, by the way, on 
Hulu, please do. It is fantastic. It is my favorite show of the year. I absolutely love it. And it's all about food, which is something I love a lot. And I definitely want to talk to a lot of foodies, um, especially if, you know, you review restaurants for a living or if you blog about food, regardless of who you are. Um, Even if you don't do anything with food, please do email in at whendevmetdev at gmail.com. I really, really am going to be completely shameless and just tell you, hey, I need, I really want to speak to people. Like I said, I have no issue doing you know, episodes by myself and on my lonesome, and I hope you enjoy my voice, but at the same time, I do want for as many people as possible to share their experiences, you know, share with other people, you know, what they've gotten up to in their life, and, you know, just meet interesting and different people. It doesn't have to be someone famous. You could be a beekeeper. You could, you know, be a marine biologist for all I care. I just... I really, really would love to be able to just, you know, engage in conversation with different people. That's how we learn about others. So please email me if you'd love to be on this podcast at whendevmetdev at gmail.com. That's whendevmetdev at gmail.com. I will also take this time to plug, of course, my socials. I have been trying to post at least once a week on the socials that I have, so... Please try and pay attention to them. I'm trying to be good and pay attention to them and, you know, give them some love. So, of course, you can find me at WhenDevMetDev everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Also, I have a YouTube channel. Just search WhenDevMetDev podcast. You'll probably find my channel. um, And it's going to have full episodes on there. And enjoy that while it lasts. Once I do get a few Patreon members, which please join my Patreon at patreon.com slash when dev met dev for only two dollars and fifty cents per month that's two us dollars and fifty cents per month you will get access to a bunch of things before everybody else and plus we'll do live streams we'll do extra episodes and stuff that i don't talk about on my main podcast so please do join by the way but back to the previous point youtube i've got full episodes up and i'll be doing that once i've gotten more than a few patreon members It will go to clips um, and probably just, you know, smaller versions of the podcast episode themselves. So um, enjoy it while you can. Please enjoy these episodes. I really, really hope you do. Anyway, let's get on with our smaller topics so that we can discuss the CW Network. And we can also discuss something interesting that's happening in Orlando. So the CW Network clearly do not understand the concept of market research. It is so interesting to me how poorly their market research is. And it's just like, this makes no sense. Why on earth would you not do this? So if you don't know what I'm talking about, recently the CW Network, which is in the US and it airs a lot of the DC shows like Riverdale I think Riverdale's part of DC but you know correct me if I'm wrong of course wherever you listen to this podcast in the comments but they have the Flash they had Arrow they had all the crossover DC shows they've got like a few other shows as well they know they had like the 100 a few years ago they had like a what I like to call a faux costume drama called Rain it was it was they had a they have a bunch of shows and they really are aimed 
at mainly you know millennials and gen zers like it's really aimed at the 18 to 30 crowd but they've always struggled with live ratings so every time they you know get live ratings on most of their shows it would end up really like fourth or fifth every night consistently the last time they had a show even like come close to winning like major awards was jane the virgin that was what a decade ago i think if not close to that long so it's been like they just cw kind of doesn't have a great reputation they do have a couple of good dramas though all american is fantastic and um, that's really really good but yeah like outside of that it's like you don't have anything else and well they're getting taken over by Nexstar Media Group, who is taking a 75% ownership stake in the company. Um, the CFO, Leanne Gleha, hopefully I did not mess up that name, says that they want to make the CW profitable by 2025. But here's something interesting. Just something interesting. I just was like, what on earth is going on here? How did you miss this? The average CW viewer is 58 years old. Just just think about that for a brief second. The average CW viewer is 58 years old. Now, why are you, for years and years, making shows that appeal to people half that age? If you know the average person watching your television shows are 58 years old that makes no sense it's it sounds so idiotic to me and it's like did you just figure this out because if you did then all the programming you've been doing for years explains why you can barely get a million people to watch brand new shows with interesting concepts time and time again and even when you do debut new shows most of them don't get particularly good reviews so uh, this makes sense 58 years old, 58 years old. I was like, wow, you should be making far more interesting content. Like, essentially, what you should be making is content more akin to stuff that appears on PBS or things that are probably going to appear more on, you know, traditional network programming. So maybe you're going to have to leave the DC universe behind. And that's not a bad thing. It's just it's not great and so it makes perfect sense to me that jane the virgin is the last big huge hit that they had i think they did have another hit um which i've forgotten it's it's a another tv show on the cw that was sort of a musical um and i'm gonna remember the name of it and i can't remember the name of it of course as i'm saying i'm going to remember the name of it but it was it was it was a it was a show that really focused on like this woman kind of leaving the big city um and i just can't remember the name of it at all i don't know why i cannot remember the name of it at all but you probably know exactly what show i'm talking about it's a it's a big show that's you know was really really popular back in the day but it's like what on earth were you thinking? What on earth were you thinking? Just, you didn't think at all that it would make sense. You didn't think it would make sense to have a show that 
focused on, you know, people above the age of 50. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It makes no sense why they wouldn't have a show on there that didn't do that. But anyway, long story short, do your market research if you are in a position to do so. Because it's very clear that the CW cannot do their market research. It just it just boggles my mind. So hopefully they, they do, you know, become profitable by 2025. And more importantly, they start programming correctly. Because like I said, you know, with... With all the shows that they've had getting such low ratings, it makes perfect sense that at the time, most people aren't going to want to tune in to watch that if your average viewership is near 60 and your shows are aimed at people half that age at the most. So, makes no sense to me. The other small topic I wanted to talk about was about Orlando. Remember, my very first episode was actually about the food scene in Orlando. And I wanted to just talk about something that's kind of really cool that's coming to Orlando. So if you live in Florida, like I do, you know that for most parts of the entire state, the transportation system is absolutely terrible. It is garbage. (laughs) There is no point in doing anything but having a car. However, that does look set to change ever so slightly with the introduction of Brightline. They've already started in Miami and they've got a singular route that runs from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, and then to West Palm Beach. And that's been going for, I think, at least the last couple of years. It looks really, really nice and stunning. Their stations, the trains, it's really, really great. But they, since then, have been building tracks and a station in Orlando. Now, this project is set to open in 2023. So if you're coming to Florida in 2023 and you want to get a direct train from Orlando to Miami in you know just under three hours, then you'll be able to do so. They're, they're building the station right by the Orlando airport, so you literally can get off, you know, and then go to the airport, or you can get go from the airport, you know, if it, maybe it's a cheap flight to Orlando instead of Miami, and then just take the train. It's direct, um, and like I said, it's about three hours. So this train system is basically set to open Early 2023, it's going to do direct connections from Orlando to West Palm Beach, then to Fort Lauderdale, and then to Miami. The one great thing that I also really, really like about this, which I really like, is that they Brightline plans on building several other stations on that route. And then they're also planning on connecting Orlando to Tampa via Lakeland and a few other stations. So look out for that. Uh, if you ever come to Florida, I know Florida does have a few like local, uh, more sort of city and county and multi-county oriented rail systems, but they're not great. They don't run often. Brightline, I believe, plans on running at least once an hour every day of the week um, for most hours of the day and the evening. So that's really, really cool. I really, really hope people take this. I really, really hope people use it. And I hope people don't think, oh, well, I don't know how expensive it's going to be compared to renting a car. Here's the thing. It just needs to be affordable as it costs to drive on the expressway. Because you've got to think about it. You don't have to pay to drive. I mean, not directly pay to drive on, you know, main roads or even the interstate um, in the state of Florida. But on the expressway, you do. So, you know, the only comparable is going to really be 
driving, you know, on the expressway versus driving or taking rather the train from Orlando to Miami. So if prices are comparable in terms of the toll road fees versus the amount of cost to take the train, I honestly I honestly hope people just say, yeah, I'll just take the train. And plus, they've got this really, really cool system where I think for, for, for right now, they will pick you up from any Brightline station within five miles of the station itself for free right now and take you to the station. And it's, it's really lovely. It's really, really nice. So Brightline station, look out for it. It is really, really cool. And like I said, they are in Orlando, but they are also, I believe, in Nevada. So hopefully everyone in Las Vegas um, enjoys Brightline sometime soon. If, if I'm ever there, I might try and take it. But um, otherwise, I will definitely report back and let you know whenever I do a trip to Miami from Orlando, what it's like and, you know, how I enjoyed it. Okay, well, with that, let's get on to our main topic for the podcast today. Okay, so, what does your wardrobe look like? And I'm asking the men among us. Because, like last week, I definitely feel that men's wardrobe, and especially men's wear, is something that seems to... It seems to be very, very, um, grasping for the right word, but it seems to be very siloed, if that makes sense. Like, whereas you can see women sort of almost any type wearing, you know, similar things, it seems as though certain men wear certain things and that's that. But I think that one of the best things that we're seeing in recent years is just the doing away with conventions within menswear and seeing people try new things and especially because of course menswear is becoming more and more important people are realizing how much money there is in it because it's such an untapped reserve i think more and more men are starting to care about how they look and what they dress like and so with this episode i kind of wanted to go through you know some tips and tricks that i've learned over the years that i don't think are talked about enough so hopefully you enjoy them. I'm going to try and give as much detail as I can to each of these four tips. But yeah, these are like unspoken tips that I don't hear anyone really talk about. So hopefully you enjoy them as much as I do. The first of these is look high, buy low. Yes, look high, buy low. Let me explain. So one of the biggest trends I've seen on Instagram with men besides of course fitness is fashion so we're seeing a lot of like these what do i call them sort of curator instagram um accounts where they'll just pull pictures or like collections of pictures from different people on instagram who are actually posting outfits that they wear each day um and then sort of linking to them and their page and getting big numbers off it. So you're able to see like entire, you know, groups of men who are so well-dressed, really, really enjoy posting on Instagram. And I'm seeing a lot of them. I'm seeing a lot of them. And of course, 
The ones that gain the most traction are, of course, men that are from a lot of European countries, but I try to make sure on my Instagram, which please go and follow me, by the way, at WhenDevMetDev, I'm following a good variety of men um, of different ethnicities and different backgrounds in different countries, just so that I can, you know, get a great feel for, you know, sort of the best dressed men across the world. And I think this is something that a lot of men can take a look at and see. Um, but the, the question is always, hey, these men are probably dressed in very, very expensive garb. They're probably looking at, you know, putting on a boss suit or a Gucci shirt or a pair of pants from Armani. I can't do that. And I agree. Don't, don't, don't just go and buy everything luxury. Then we will talk about luxury items a little later. Um, however... I think that one of the best things you can do, and I think it's one of the best ways to be resourceful in particular, is to look at a lot of these and curate for yourselves and, you know, by, you know, liking them and creating collections for yourselves of so many posts of different outfits that you're seeing other men wear on Instagram, and then look for comparables that are much more affordable. That way you're creating a lot of these same looks, but you're not spending the same amount of money. Just... One word of caution, don't go for the very, very cheapest version of anything. Just make sure you're getting something that's going to last you. But you don't have to be super expensive just to be able to look expensive. So a great, great example of this is I was on Instagram and I saw one particular um, person wearing this open polo shirt. So the polo shirt had an open top, it was um, no buttons, no buttons were on the top. Um, but it was a really, really nice linen polo shirt that they folded just at the bottom. Um, and then they wore that with a pair of, uh, I think, either... they were, No, they weren't dark wash chinos. I was going to say they were like either dark wash jeans or navy chinos, but they weren't. They were just a pair of black pants. And they wore that with just a really nice monk strap shoe. And it looked really, really good. Really, really good. But my thing is... I'm six foot three. I have never, ever looked good in my life in a polo shirt. Polo shirts of me do not get on. So I started looking around for like polo shirts that looked very similar to the one I saw. And I found one on Perry Ellis. Perry Ellis did this polo shirt and it looks extremely similar. But it's only costing me $25. It's not costing me $75 or $100. So that way I can recreate the same look because I've got the other pieces so i can recreate that same look another look that i saw involved a chambray shirt and chambray shirts can run you quite a bit of money if you don't know what those are it's made from the same fabric as denim but it's just a lot lighter um, and the way that it's sewed is a little differently so i saw it and i looked for a chambray shirt and i managed to get one for under 30 dollars at banana republic my point is just don't feel the pressure to have to buy everything luxurious like I said, put a pin in luxury, we will come back to it. But for now, like just, just know that you don't have to buy everything as luxurious as the next person or the Instagram model that you follow. Just know that as long as you can recreate the look for less, that is what's most important. Uh, and there's always, there's always going to be a great way to do so. So just keep your eyes peeled, pay attention, and make sure that you're learning from the aesthetic that's being created 
rather than from the brands. Because if you understand the aesthetic that's being created, the way in which they're putting outfits together, you're always going to be able to create great outfits eventually by yourself without constantly thinking, oh, I have to have this $500 insert clothing item here to complete this look. So keep that in mind. Look high, buy low. First, first unspoken rule. The second taps your wardrobes only. And I know this sounds so silly. I know people talk about why capsule wardrobes. People think that the large wardrobe decked out with so many different clothing items just folded neatly works best. But I'm telling you, it is not the way to go. We, we usually think that we need a lot more, but no, less is more. So if you don't know what a capsule wardrobe is, it's essentially a wardrobe that focuses on pieces that you will wear often that will allow for the greatest amount of flexibility in terms of outfit creations and will allow for you to be able to keep your wardrobe lean and mean and simple. You don't have too many pieces or too much of one specific thing that you don't need. So first and foremost, unless it's an essential, and even then if it's an essential, you don't need to do this, but if it's not an essential item, and I mean an essential item, you do not need multiples of the exact same thing. So a great example of this is chinos. I know a lot of people will say, hey, navy chinos are great. They are, they are fantastic. But you don't need five of them. You just need one. Chinos in general, you should just have two or three. Have one in navy, have one in khaki, and then you can have a third one in a different color. Maybe a nice mid-green, like a... You know, like just like a past, not pastel green, but just like a washed out green. Maybe you want to do one in a burgundy. Maybe you want to do one in white. I don't know. It's entirely up to you, but you don't need 10 of them. I'm just saying, you don't need 10 of them. I know you might think you do, but you don't. And even with essentials, like white t-shirts or underwear, you don't need 10 of the exact same piece. Just try and mix it up, get some different things and make sure that you just have enough that will carry you through the week not too much because you should be doing your laundry once a week so you don't need to have too many pieces but you want to make sure that you do have pieces that you can mix in with other pieces as well so white t-shirts are a perfect example you can pair that with jeans you can pair that with shorts you can pair that with chinos you can even pair that with slacks if you do it extremely well and a nice you know unstructured linen jacket it works so well so just keep that in mind whenever you're creating a capsule wardrobe Make sure you focus on picking pieces that are going to work out best for you in the long term in terms of having flexibility and wearing it as often as possible. You don't want to keep wearing the same piece over and over again, of course, by the same token. What you don't want is to have a wardrobe where you're wearing some pieces very often and some pieces not so often. And if you notice that that is happening, then it's time you cleared out your closet. Go ahead and separate them into two piles. Anything that you wear at least once a week, if not more, keep it on the rack or keep it folded in your wardrobe. If you don't, or if it's sat in the back and you haven't worn it in a long time, it's okay to put it in a big, huge bag and then take it with you to anywhere that will accept, you know, clothing like a thrift store. You know, a lot of great pieces of clothing can be found in a thrift store, but they can only be found if we're actually continuing to donate. And that way we can just keep pieces that we need. And I always say this, like 
we don't value thrift stores enough. We seem to think that they're just a place where people of only a certain economic background shop at. But we need to remember that thrift stores do a great job in helping us to recycle clothing, which, unfortunately, the fashion industry has not been particularly good at. So I strongly suggest creating that capsule wardrobe. You just start with that. Look at pieces you don't need and you can donate those. And the pieces you do have, if they are ones that don't fit so well, that doesn't mean you have to throw it away. The best thing you can do, and I always say this, is find a good tailor. One of your best friends should be a tailor. Because if you have a suit that you get as a hand-me-down, for example, or you get a shirt or a pair of trousers, even jeans, make sure that they fit you properly. And if they don't fit you the way that they should fit, then take them to a tailor and get them done. Sometimes it can cost you less to actually get it tailored to fit you than it would just buying a brand new insert clothing item here off the rack. So just do that. It's a great way to recycle. And also you're not buying more fast fashion, which isn't going to help our environment. So just keep that in mind. Creating that capsule wardrobe is super, super, super important. And I think it's something that not a lot of men speak about, but it's definitely a great way to live in terms of efficiency, but then also having a great amount of variety in your wardrobe. My third, my third tip, luxury in modesty. You know, at one time it was thought that if you bought something luxurious or if you bought something that cost a lot of money because of the brand that you liked, that you just... You're just doing it for the gram. You just you don't care. But I think we have to understand that though there are some very outlandish things, and I mean it, very outlandish things that are created by a lot of designer brands, they also create some really good pieces. And sometimes it doesn't have to be the most well-known brand. It can just be a great brand that is more under the radar, but is creating great quality. And so luxury and modesty. You don't need to own everything luxurious, but feel free to invest in one luxurious item in, you know, an item of clothing or an accessory, which we're going to talk about in a bit, but, you know, an item of clothing or an accessory that you could have that you don't need to wear all the time, but you can most definitely wear every now and then at the very least and know that it's going to hold up over time. Make sure that you do this in almost every category of clothing. So, yes, shoes. I understand, you know, you might have several pairs. But make sure that at least one pair is a luxury item. So, doesn't mean it has to cost thousands. doesn't have to be high end. But it just means that, for example, shoes, you can invest in a two to $300 pair of Oxfords or Chelsea boots whatever you desire maybe it's going to be a pair of sneakers the point i'm trying to make is if you find a pair that you really really like and it is you know a bit more expensive take the time to save up for it if you need to and purchase it and make sure you have it and the reason why is so that you can have a pair that you can wear when you need to wear them so you don't need to wear it all the time but it's there to Balance out the wardrobe and also make sure that you have something to wear if you ever want to put together a really nice higher-end outfit. 
So keep that in mind. Um, a great example for me, two examples in fact. Firstly, I took a look in a, what is it called? October's very own, Drake. Remember Drake's brand, October's very own. So I was in Toronto not too long ago and I took a look inside one of his store locations. I didn't see a lot in there that I liked, but I did see one piece that I did like, and it was this really nice gray jumper. I absolutely love it. It is still in the packaging, of course, because I'm not wearing that until like January of next year, because it's Florida. I don't need to wear it right now. But what I can tell you is that it is a piece that I'm going to wear pretty often for at least the four months that we have slightly less than warm weather. And it's a piece that costs more than the amount I usually spend on a jumper. But I don't mind because I know it is a pretty good piece of clothing. And I spend a bit more on it than I usually would, but I'm okay with that. And that's what we need to understand. There's no shame in saying, hey, I'm spending a little more than I usually do on pieces like this but i'm not buying every single piece as a luxurious item it's just one or two pieces throughout my wardrobe same for glasses i have three pairs that i have that are just you know 15 20 each but i also have a pair of ray-bans they are custom made of course but i absolutely love them and i don't wear them everywhere but i do know that it does add a level of class to an outfit when I need it to. So that's the reason why I say you don't need to own every single luxury item. Not everything luxury has to make up your wardrobe, but just know that when you do want to, feel free to say, hey, I want a luxury shirt. Hey, I want to get a designer pair of eyewear. Hey, I'd like to get a pair of shoes that cost me more than 50 bucks. It's okay to do so. Just know that when you do, you're gonna take extra care of it and that even though it won't be worn everywhere, you are still going to wear it because it's still something that you're going to need in your wardrobe. So keep that in mind. Make sure that you do luxury in modesty. My final piece of advice, accessories make the man. A lot of times, a lot of men seem to think that as long as they've got great clothes on, that is it. But I think accessories are what separates the men who like to get dressed or men who can put on a suit and tie versus the men who pay attention to the real details. You know, whether it is the bracelet or the sunglasses or the hat that they choose to wear or the jewelry that they choose to adorn themselves with. I always can tell when someone's decided to put an extra bit of effort in, even down to, you know, if, if you're in their vicinity, how much perfume they're putting on. Because I realized that a lot of guys will just be like, if I spray it everywhere, it's great. And that's that's not great. You shouldn't be spraying perfume on any piece of clothing, nor should you be bathing in it. Don't do that. It's not good. It's very bad. I come across people who've done that, and it it's never good. It's never good. But what I can say is accessories make the man. So if you are completely stuck and you don't know where to go with accessories, what I say is start, once again, with those Instagram posts. See what accessories you see other men wearing that you like. Maybe it's, hey, I don't care so much for sort of those very funky colored bracelets, you know, especially when men are wearing like 12 or 13 of them. That doesn't work for me. But 
I would be okay with like a singular metal bracelet that just cuffs my um arm of course i don't know what why am i why am i just randomly but you know it kind of sits at my cuff and i'm absolutely fine with that so if that's you great don't feel pressure to have to buy the exact same accessories that you see but just make sure that you're paying attention to them maybe it's a case of hey you don't like basketball hats or baseball hats i know i don't i've tried wearing them multiple times i never look good in them so it is what it is but i do know i can rock a fedora so i do have a fedora and that's just me this is the same thing with sunglasses it's the same thing like i said with other items or accessories that you might choose to wear just understand that they can make the man and the same can be said for bags you know a lot of time we don't pay attention to the bag we're wearing but is your bag tattered is it tearing is it broken these things do make the difference and sometimes i can tell just by looking at how well those accessories are being kept if there is real effort being put into the outfit because yes anyone can throw on a suit and maybe the suit fits well but if you've got a bag that's completely tattered and torn then i'm like okay but how much effort are you putting into the accessories you wear and you might think it's not really that important but it is it is important how we take care of everything we have says something it can't just be certain things um, because like i said it's all in that detail and the details are what can distinguish men from each other when it comes to their fashion so accessories make the man and also paying attention to the way things come together as an outfit one of the greatest examples i saw of this through sort of you know just starting to get towards the end of the first wave of the pandemic was men who were coordinating the color of their face masks to their outfits and i just not everyone's thinking about that not everyone's thinking about that but for those that are it can make the entire outfit just sing so pay very close attention to that really really do so those are my tips those are my unspoken menswear tips look high buy low capsule wardrobes only luxury in modesty and accessories make the map anyway i really 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 hope you enjoyed this episode and um i hope to i, I hope to come back soon i will see you guys next week and um thanks so much for listening i really really do appreciate it please do follow me of course on all the socials at when dev met dev wherever you go on social media and uh, feel free to get in touch talk to me and let me know exactly what you're enjoying about this podcast anyway that is it from me so with that take care and i will see you soon